0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the new episode on Sound On. So today, uh, today's episode, we'll be talking about whether we are doing enough as students, whether studies should be really our number one priority, or should we focus on extracurricular activities. So today, as usual, I have Chris with me. How are you, Chris?
1: I'm fine, thank you.
0: And we also have a very special guest today, Farhan. How are you, Farhan. What do you do?
2: uh i am a student studying mechanical engineering in university of sheffield same university as uh, melissa and chris here and uh also melissa's flatmate room next door uh, I, I just do not come out from the room um uh, i was a president for malaysian society uh, for a year last year uh finished my term on march gave the position to a uh, a junior of mine, very reliable and also very dedicated towards volunteering as well. Uh, and right now, uh, on the side, I am running a podcast called Outcast, where we just talk about things, you know, unfiltered, uncut. So yeah.
0: nice, nice. Shout out to Magat! Oh my god, legend. Okay. Legend. Um, <laughs> okay. So maybe we'll start off with what kind of things that students do these days, right? So maybe we have okay. Apart from studies, we have society work, we have internships, part-time jobs. Um, some people are even like creating their own startups in universities, which is mm-hmm. amazing. I don't know how they do that. And like um, competitive sports. So, um, okay, How we've heard about from Farhan about what else he does. Uh, how about you, Chris?
1: Okay, so in my second year, like, whilst I wasn't like, I didn't hold like any, I didn't run for any particular positions in any society. What I did was that um, as a member of the Sheffield Model United Nations Society, I was appointed as um, the Under Secretary General for Logistics, which meant that I was in charge with organizing the logistics for the yearly Model United Nations Conference in Sheffield. So I think that was like the most uh, intense kind of like extracurricular activity that I was uh, participating in while I was in second year because um, for a period of like over eight months, I had to plan out... Um, the logistics of the event, such as getting the securing the rooms and food, and all that. So it was a really long process for it. And apart from that, after the conference ended, I was part of the protocol unit with you, Mel, uh, for <laughs> the Asian Games. But apart from that, I don't really I don't hold any official positions in any society in university. But I'm quite active in attending their events, in particular the Malaysian Society of events. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do go for like some some side events as well. So yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, Chris, I know you as someone who you you do take part in a lot of activities, but I feel like mm-hmm. you always prioritize your studies. Right? It's like that's your
1: number one. Yeah. That, right. Okay, yeah. It is. Mm. Yeah. Because like very often it's like I I know that which is what we're going to talk about later on, like the balance between like say extracurricular activities and our studies. But for me personally, sometimes I worry that um, I'm not able to spend enough time. I mean, like, if I try to take up too many extracurricular activities, I won't be able to focus too much on my studies because my course requires me to, like, and and assignments and all that. So um, very often if, like, I don't do my readings or my research before class, I won't be able to contribute in class. So it's always, like, that process of me having to, like, always uh, be on track with my work, which is one of the reasons why I don't really take part in too many extracurricular activities. But I do try my best to go for as many as I can. Like mm-hmm. I attended ABR. I was I was a panelist for one of the club Bungaraya um forums as well. So yeah. So I basically choose what I think I can take up and what I can't. Okay.
0: Because I I know you as someone who always like okay when I when I ask you like oh do you want to take part in this do you want to be in this committee? Mm-hmm. I know that your mind goes straight to your studies first. Like, oh, will I be able to cope with yes. my third year and stuff? Yeah, so for me, personally, like, I think I'm on, like, the end of the other spectrum, which which is probably not that good. But, like, um for me, I I always try my best to do a lot of stuff while I study, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, taking part in, um, like, events or society work committees. So also, the previous president of MESOC, which is the other yeah. Malaysian society in Sheffield. And besides that, I also do, like, um, a lot of Malaysian-based events in UK. And I'm also part of this thing called MBios, which is uh, uh, Ma- Malaysian Bioscience Scholars. So, for me, like, I cannot to say that I don't prioritize my studies, but always, okay. like, if I have, like, this amount of society work to do and this amount of course work to do. For some reason, I always prioritize my society work first because I feel like society work, it involves a lot of other people. So let's say for MESOC, right? If I'm the president of MESOC, if I don't do a certain thing, then the rest of the committee can't do their work, if that makes yeah,
1: sense. Yeah, you and Farhan, like because you guys hold elected positions in societies, I think that it's kind of different for you guys in the sense that... Um, you feel a sense of responsibility to those under you like so that both of you are like presidents of your own society so i guess that it's kind of like a conflict at times in the sense that um if you don't prioritize the studies for instance like that might affect you personally but at the same time if you don't prioritize your society work um, that would mean that those people under you would also be unable to do their tasks am i right
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. True? yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think also it, it's something that has to do with like image and also setting an example mm-hmm. to your, you know, your peers and especially to the, uh, to the people that is also working with you because especially as a president, right? It, you know, you have a certain of, uh, a certain, let's say, studying that you have to do, but you also have a lot more society work that you have to do. I think like Mel said just now, um, at some point, I also had to sacrifice a lot of my studies so that I, need, mm-hmm. so that I get work done, so that I set a good example. Because may, at the end, people see your work as a president and not your studies, because your studies is your own and your work as a president exactly, is for other yeah. people as well. You
1: know? Yeah, I think that the point you're making is very important because that, it kind of like tells us that you know studies is something that is personal. Like, it is a yeah. personal because when it comes to studies, all of us have our own problems and all that, and very often we have to deal with it on our own. But when it comes to society work, um, if you don't step up to the plate, others under you especially would also not be able to do the task, which is one of the reasons why I feel that perhaps to a certain extent, because now we're talking about extracurricular activities and studies, I feel that sometimes I have this problem where I worry that if I take responsibility for something that requires like a long term commitment, like for you guys, it's like, as a present for society, it's about nine months, I think, where you guys had to have hold that responsibility. I worry that in that nine months, I'll have like a conflict in like prioritizing my studies, which would have like very long term implications on my future. And at the same time, prioritizing um, those people that I work with in society. So I think that it, it, it's about finding a balance, I guess. And actually, I feel that it's Really good for the both of you That you guys have been able To find that balance If you get what I mean mm,
0: I mean Okay Personally I don't know If I actually have Found that balance yet But anyway um, Okay so I'm, I'm sure We all know At least one person who, who seems to have it all right So they are good In their studies yep. they, they perform sports Like competitively they have this position, this position in the society. And we all look at them and we're like, wow, they're like a complete package. Like what They have everything. But I think the thing that we should think about is what exactly are they sacrificing? Because I'm sure they are sacrificing something because we all have the same amount of time in our hands, right? And yeah, so maybe like in terms of sacrifice, maybe they're sacrificing their own me time. Maybe it's their relationships. So I think we have like currently especially in this like modern modern age right we have this habit of uh glorifying like hustling and overworking so like mefai what do you think about that
2: that uh, um overworking right so i think uh that overworking is a very over glorified thing that the society is you know looking at because you know it's it's mostly People, people who overwork is basically people that juggles a lot of things at once, right? So it's those kind of people that take on a lot of responsibilities are often hailed as a person that is amazing, as a person that is efficient, you know, that the person that people look up to, you know. Oh, um, person A, he's doing that, 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 that. Oh, he must be amazing, right? So that's yeah. that's what I think in like people's mind, and you know, some sometimes I also I also agree that. They, the the people doing it they see this as doing their very best and pushing themselves to the limit and say oh it's it's to prove prove a point to myself you know to prove that i can do it and all those kind of stuff but i think uh people really should stop you know overworking and uh, taking in a lot of things to do because at one point when you overwork yourself you're going to have a you're, you're going to burn out and when, when you burn out, you lose motivation to do stuff, that's not being able to do what you want to do in the first place. That is uh, juggling a lot of things at once. So, yeah, it, it just causes uh, your work to be jeopardized as well. So, yeah, burnout.
1: Yeah, I think mentioning the point of burnout is actually quite important. So, I just have to ask the both of you then. Um, so, because you guys obviously have a lot of. In, in year two, especially, you guys had a lot of responsibilities, your studies and um, society work. Like, have you guys experienced like times when you guys felt like um, you want to do as much as you can as students, but in that process, you felt like you've burned out? Has, has that happened before?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I, I've burned out a couple of times uh, before. Uh, I, I broke down a couple of times before as well. Because it felt like because especially when you 're doing society work you 're not going to be noticed if you 're doing the work in front of people if, mm-hmm. that, if that makes sense it's it 's more like you know if you do it on your own, people people are just not going to notice it yeah. so at that at that point you i myself I just wanted to do a lot of things you know I just wanted to try out you know a business, I was trying to even sell cookies at one point. And like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was like, it was a challenge. It was a thing that I learned, but, um, yeah, it was just burnout, man. Like I, I was just tired with, you know, all the things that people don't notice about. And I, I, I was just like putting all my effort to doing the work. Like I was putting, I was putting all nights, and I was just, uh, trying to understand things that I don't understand before. Uh, and I was just tired and I just stopped for like, I don't know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks and then doing it again. Mm. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it just jeopardized the, the work uh, as well, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, okay, so I think the my my burnout experience is actually not too long ago. I think that was when I was about to, like, step down out of my president role. So like, it was, like, <laughs> towards the end of the nine months, right? At that time, okay. I was just, like, walking in front of my flat, or in front of the diamond, and then, I was just thinking like, oh my god, I really can't do this anymore, (laughs) because I felt like, I had had no time, I I literally had no time, and I was so tired, but then, I think thankfully, what happened was that, quite soon after that happened, the COVID-19 thing became serious, and then we had to fly back, and MCO and stuff, so like, like not too, like quite soon after, I had my burnout, I actually got like, quite a lot of time too, rest and do whatever I want. So I think that's just like very good timing. But in terms of um, having too much to do, right, I think one thing that I never sacrifice is my sleep. Like I I do sleep late, but when I sleep, I wake up late. So yeah, I I never sacrifice my sleep because I feel like sleep is very important. So yeah, so I think talking about like, um, People like students being busy, right? Like students these days, they are they are even busier than adults and they have like tighter schedule than, than adults, right? And I think this, okay, I, I'm not sure what you guys think about this, but like, do you think it's because of the Asian parenting mindset? So if let's say we compare, right, uh, Asian parenting and maybe like Western parenting, maybe. So Asian parenting, right, um, I'm sure you guys have experienced like our parents like want us to do a lot of things like since we were young whether it is like Mm. attending like 10 different tuition classes or um, Mm -hmm. music classes or whatever you know like our schedules are completely packed so do you think that affects us until now in a way that we we are used to being to having packed schedules and having me time is not really a thing in our lives and do you think that affects um our ability to decide properly what to spend our time on. Maybe Farhan, could you maybe share your oh,
2: opinions? Uh, like that? yeah. Um, I think, uh, a self-story, uh, of myself is that it really hmm. does. It, Asian parenting does, you know, sacrifice a little bit of your social life because I I do have brothers who are high achievers. I I <laughs> do have sisters. Um, and I was when I was young, I was just constantly studying you know, eldest child responsibility and all. And it caused me to, you know, not having a lot of things, especially when it comes to like communication and soft skills. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of you no know, friends from other races and I wasn't even I wasn't even able to talk to the opposite gender until I was, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen. Because mm-hmm. I was just into studying that I just completely neglected the you know the social aspect of uh life i'd say, and what I think parents need to do based on my experience is to let the children to, to let their children to explore their choices and you know present choices to them because when I was younger i wasn't being um put i wasn't being uh no i wasn't given like the opportunity to choose I was just me studying mechanical engineering as well was like a thing given to me because apparently when I was a kid, I liked the uh, I liked how tires were rolling. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So parents just need to let the, their children explore, you know, so that they can know their limit, know know that what they can and cannot do, and also just let them think outside the box. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and in the end, the child is gonna have a very matured mindset in the end.
0: Mm -hmm. For me, like, Asian parenting, right? My thoughts on Asian parenting, so, like, maybe what I would do for my kids in the future, I think it's good when our parents, like, push us to gain many different skills. So, maybe, like, I I wouldn't mind, say, maybe I wouldn't mind sending my child to, like, music lessons or, like, ballet lessons. But in terms of, like, sending them to Tuition, right? Maybe maybe I would cut down on that because I feel that you know I, I don't I don't believe in the mindset that you know you should send your kids to tuition just for for him or her to get like the first the first position in the class or something. I think as long as your kid understands what he studies, he or she studies, then I think it's fine. So like, yeah, I, I believe in like pushing our children to gain more mm-hmm. skills, but in terms of being like Kyasu like, sending them to a lot of tuition, like, unless the kid doesn't understand what the teacher is, like, yeah. um, teaching in school, uh, but, yeah, yeah, in terms of that, yeah, what do you think, Chris?
1: Um, when, it, when it comes to, like, um, students being, um, um, having to work, being busier than their parents, I think that it's also kind of, like, a, a different kind of context that we are in, I think, because, like, perhaps right now, we seem to be busier because... Um, some people would argue that we have more opportunities compared to during our parents' time. Like for instance, right now, many people would argue that in our era right now, we have so many more internship opportunities compared to our parents and we have the freedom to actually like search out things on what we want to try to do. So to a certain extent, it's kind of like, uh, it's about time, you know, like we have the opportunities before us and that is why we become busier because we take up those opportunities, or at least we try to take up those opportunities. But then this leads us to the point of like parenting them. Why is it that we often want to take up those challenges? Because like for me personally, like after hearing what the both of you have told us about, um, what the both of you have shared about um, your experiences with Asian parenting, in my case, it's often that um, my parents did give me a lot of breathing space in a sense that um, very often they, like, they allowed me to choose what I wanted to study in pre-university and also in university. Um, but there was always this element of pressure over there, which is that um, you should take the opportunities before you. So whilst my parents don't necessarily, didn't necessarily force me to take up any you know um, internship opportunities and all that, there's often this element of like pressure. They're basically hinting they basically want me to take up those opportunities, but they're not telling me that you have to take it. So I I think that when it comes to parenting, there are two aspects to it, but um, either your parents are actually literally telling you to do it, or they're hinting at you to do it. But I think that the outcome is the same, that you feel pressured to do it. So I I, I do face those pressures to a certain extent. Um, And when you brought up like tuition classes and all that while I was at school, um, I went for many tuition classes. In fact, some of it was, it was on my own accord. Like I said, I wanted to go for that class because I don't think I'm doing well enough in school. But you get get this pressure after attending those classes. And then when your exams results come up, your parents would just be like, for instance, um, I'm paying so much for your tuition classes. Like, why aren't you doing as well as you should be? So, So to that extent, that is the pressure as well. So I guess that To explain like why perhaps many students, especially like for us like Asian students to a certain extent Or even some students from like Western countries for example um, We often have to like try to prove ourselves if you get what I mean So to a certain extent that makes us even more busier than during our parents era If you get the point I'm trying to make Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I got you Yeah, I
0: think also there's a lot of society pressure So like even amongst parents, right? Like, oh, they see what other parents are doing. They're like, oh, am I not doing enough for my child and everything? Like, why am I not sending my child to classes when I actually can afford it? So, like, talking about society pressure, right? I think to a certain extent, like, all of us as students, we experience it as well. Like, we see, like, mm-hmm. maybe on social media, we see, oh, this person is doing so much. Like, why we look, we tend to look up on people who are constantly busy, like, they're achieving so much like they are they are so far ahead of us so but then i think one thing that we we should also appreciate is taking time off for yourself and doing things that you want to do instead of what you are expected to do so okay moving on to maybe um like our career right do you guys think that extracurricular activities really place a huge impact on on like whether we get hired, whether we get hired in a good, whether we have a good job, whether we get hired in a good place. Because I feel like at this, at this time and age, right? Like everyone is a president or something, or everyone has these posts. Yes. Like, does it, does it really make a difference?
1: I think that it does to a certain extent. I, I think that it, it's kind of subjective in the sense that it often depends on what that company that you're going to, that you're trying to seek a job from Actually, wants from you, but I do think that, like um, that aside. For instance, whether or not um, the company requires that and all that, I, I think that um, internship opportunities and like extracurricular activities as a whole does play a very crucial part in you actually succeeding in the future. In the sense that um, it kind of like widens your horizon, and it also like kind of like gives you the opportunities and uh, the skills that you don't necessarily pick up through your studies. I think. So I think that it's actually very important that you do have like these internship experiences and extracurricular activities because it also means that, because you see, if you're for instance, just, just to give an example, for example, like um, say if you're applying for a job and then they, they specifically want this individual who comes from a, who studies this particular course, you'll be competing with a lot of people who did the same course who could have gotten the same results as you did or just as well. And I think what makes a difference is um, your other skills, like your maturity, um, what kind of experiences that you've had. So I think that these like extra things other in your studies actually does play a part. So it, it's actually very important. But, um, but all in all, I think the, the most important aspect would still be your studies. But I think that like extracurricular activities and internship opportunities are like an extra that would definitely help you.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, like, for a company, for for mm-hmm. students to find internships or work or jobs, uh, it's basically like grades are just the bare minimum for you <clears> to get in. Uh, if you get good results, uh, it's, everyone can get good results. It's the bare minimum. So for a person to have these extracurricular activities is like a bonus uh, because I don't think companies really look at what you were companies, I don't think companies really look at if I was the president of, uh, a Malaysian society, or if I was a, a volunteer, mm-hmm. I think most, most, mostly they're looking at what I've learned from being part of the committee, you no, know, uh, public relations skills, uh, organizing skills, because they've also, they also know that without me being part of the committee, I wouldn't learn this kind of, uh, this kind of skills, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think the point that we're trying to get across here is that we do all of these things, like whether it's committee work, society work, volunteering work. It's not just what. It's not just like what people can see in the CV. Like it's not just to put it up in your CV, but it's also yep. to gain a lot of skills that that will help us in the future, right? So mm-hmm. talking about maybe last summer, so I was I was very fortunate to be able to secure an internship during the summer. And I was actually surprised that the majority of people that I know, like in my social circle, I saw that everyone had internships outside. Because when when I secured my internship, I was like, okay, I'm really lucky to be able to secure an internship. But then Mm -hmm. I saw that it's actually, like these days, it's actually the norm to be able to secure an internship. And people who didn't have internships actually felt left out and they were the minority. So yeah, it just shows that like how competitive the industry is these days. But Okay, so far I I find it very fascinating that um you actually decided to volunteer last summer. So what what pushed you, you. to yeah what pushed you to this decision to volunteer instead of getting an internship?
2: Um it's um okay, wait, let me think. Okay. Uh so uh the reason why I got involved with with volunteering was because uh firstly it was my first year and I was uh I was more uh keen towards having an internship when I'm on my second year when our coronavirus happened. So I, I don't know what's gonna happen to, to me and everyone else. But like I decided on volunteering because I've always have this motivation and belief that I always have this strong belief in myself that. When I was younger, I always thought when I grow older, I wanna, when I have money, when I'm rich, I want to go help people, right? Uh, that, 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 that's my motivation. But then as you grow older, I now know that when you grow older, when, you, when you're working, when you're rich, you don't ha- you're not going to have time to spend helping other people. So that's why I just decided to, you know what, while I, while I have extra time, well, I want to focus on studying and trying out new things, which is currently my priority. Might as well just try and help out, you know, other people, try to teach kids that were unfortunate well, the, enough that they, they didn't get into good schools, that, were, that their parents are not focusing on them to study properly and all. So it was just like my motivation, you know, to do as much as I can before not having enough time to do so.
1: Yeah. Um, if I might just jump in, that um, so compared to the both of you, I think that I was one of those guys. Um, just to complain, I didn't have an internship in my, after my first year, I mean, in my first year. But I think that, so that brings us back to the point of being burnt out because in my first year, I like just worrying about my um, results and my studies that I spent most of my time um, studying and all that. So at the end of my first year, when I got back to Malaysia, I was just like, I'm actually really burnt out. I told my parents, like, I'm really burnt out. I think I need a break. So we had three months back home in Malaysia. I was just like, I'm not doing an internship this year because I did one for like five months before starting university. So I was like, I'm just going to relax over summer and get ready for year two because year two is going to be so much harder, which is somewhat true. But after spending two months, um, like just chilling, relaxing in Malaysia, I felt like I was getting bored already. And I was just like, I think I should have applied for an internship. So this leads us back to the point of being burnt out. I think that I kind of like lost out in my first year because I just felt exhausted because of my studies. And I kind of like the burden opportunity to get an internship experience in my first year. So my advice to people would be that even if you feel like burnt out, perhaps you you shouldn't feel that you need three months of break time over a summer, perhaps one month would be enough because for me, like after two months, I was just like, I think I've had enough of this. But it was kind of like a bit too late to get an internship experience. But I did have an internship experience in my, before my first year, in which I interned for a member of parliament in Malaysia. So I did have my own internship experiences. In fact, that, that really made me mature. I, I learned so much from internship experience that I think that if I could do that internship all over again, I certainly would. And in fact, I'm hoping to actually get an internship in this year then, but that depends on whether my application succeeds. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I think,
0: I think like what you did actually was like knowing that you were burnt out, recognizing that you were burnt out and knowing like to tell your mom that, you know, that you want time off, which is something yeah. that I don't know whether I'll be able to do because I it is very hard for me to recognize that I'm actually burnt out. So yeah, I think knowing when to take a break is very important as well. So yeah, I think that
1: knowing when to take a break is important and like being able to like gauge like how long of a break you need is also very important because I thought I needed 3 months but I was I was fine after 2 months. So yeah. Mm.
0: Okay, so maybe we can jump about jump on studying yeah. overseas, right? Talking about studying overseas. So Three of us, we we studied in Sheffield. We are lucky to be able to, you know, go to the UK to get our degree. So, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Do you do you think that studying overseas means that you have to
1: work harder? Yeah, but that's how with Oh,
2: okay. Um, so I think uh, so studying overseas, right? I think uh, the. People, especially, I mean, our, our age, uh, students our age, they they just need to, uh, or even uh, traditional people, older uh, generation, I think they need to stop thinking about, you know, how universities outside Malaysia are on a different level, you know? There, there's yeah. always this notion on university outside of Malaysia, overseas are always better than universities inside Malaysia, you know? Yes. But, but in fact, our institutes and our universities are, you know, on level, you know, on par, and some of them, maybe two or three of them are just better than uh, the global you know, universities well-known in, in, in the world, in the UK especially. Mm-hmm. But I, I found that the only difference that both universities uh, in Malaysia and you know, overseas is that you know, they, they offer different experiences in, in the sense of exposure. Because when you go out, when you go overseas, it gives a different, you know, a cultural aspect. It gives a, a different educational system, management, you know, solution providing skill and, you know, just how they, they discuss between, between those people. So, but, but as in working hard, as in like overseas students need to work hard overseas, I think both students in and out, outside Malaysia needs to work hard. No, because uh if 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 you decide that if you already decided on a degree on doing a degree, then you should just go all the way in finishing that degree because you're already in the flow uh, might as well just finish it because you you've spent a lot of like a year, two years already in the degree, so it would be a waste not to finish it.
1: yeah but do you to a certain extent feel that um, perhaps while you are so let's let's put you in a situation whereby um do you think that if you study locally like in Malaysia, for instance, you might not have to work as hard as you do in the u k like do you think that there's a difference in how much how hard people work um depending on where they're studying uh
2: yeah i think uh I think it sometimes it would be like in my me personally if I am to study locally, I'll definitely study less than than if I am to study overseas, i think I think I still also have the mentality of oh it's a it's overseas, you know I, I need to be on that level, I need to be on 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 their level of thinking and working hard, but yeah i is, i don't know is this, I just feel like i don't have enough faith in malaysias you know hardworking attitude. Mm-hmm. But 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 I know that Malaysia is working hard. I mean, Malaysian students are you know working hard. You know, Asian students are competitive. You know, yeah. doing super well. So yeah, I think in a way, if I am to you know study locally, I would yeah honestly just work less because it's Malaysia. But it, it, it's it's hometown. It's comfortable. That, that that's why yeah, I think that, that's that, um, why i doing it that
1: way. I think that working harder also kind of like it doesn't necessarily just cover the. Academic aspect, I think like working harder could also mean that um taking care of yourself, I think. You know, we have to cook for ourselves. We need to like um do the kind of things that usually um our parents would help us to do back then uh back when we we're at home. But of course it's different for everybody studying in Malaysia as well, because there are some people who, some Malaysians who study in Malaysia, but they're also away from home. But I mean in the context whereby, like, like for instance, if I study in Malaysia. My university would probably be somewhere near home, so I would be coming home every day. So I wouldn't need to do things such as like cooking and like washing and all that on my own. So I think that to a certain extent that working hard also covers um, life, if you get what I mean, like life aspects, like like survival skills, if you get what I mean.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's the, com- the comfortability mm-hmm. aspect of it as well. Like yeah. be- because, because you're in Malaysia, you're home, you're comfortable, so you don't, you don't work hard. And if you're overseas, people tend to work hard because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not their home and your family's not there. So you, you kind of basically work hard to survive, basically. I think I, I agree with agree what you're saying, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Some people in the UK, for instance, like some of our friends, they do take the opportunity to even work in the UK because um, they feel that um, by working in the UK, it's not just that they would be able to, like, fill up some of their spare time, but it's also for them to, like, have, like, extra income to spend on themselves. So you get what I mean? So that they, 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 they can do other things aside from the usual things that they want to do. So that kind of like leads me to a final point that I'd like to ask like the both of you, um, which is about time management. I think this is the core of what we were discussing at the beginning. So as people who, as second year students who are who are very active in extracurricular activities, what is your advice on time investment? Um, How should people divide their time basically? Like what should the balance be between these extracurricular activities, and even self-care?
0: Mm. Um, okay, so I think the conclusion here is that I feel like we still have to prioritize our studies. Like that should be number one. And, and then extracurricular activities or any other acti- activities that you are involved in. But I think one more thing that people always forget is, is that um, it's about building your social life, right? So mm-hmm. that is something that I also invest my time quite a lot on because I can't survive in the UK without my friends, you know, I, I really like yeah. yeah, I cannot. So yeah, so I, I do invest a lot of my time on um, you know, building relationships with people, like oh, you know, like asking them out for lunch, cooking cooking, dinner for my flatmates or something like that. So yeah, I think social life is also something quite important to invest on, especially when you're all the way overseas and they are the only people, like if you get into trouble, they are the only people who, who will come and help you. So, yeah. What do you think, Brian?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The support system is very like, important to have when you're in the mm-hmm. UK. I agree. But for time management, for me, if I am to give advice, it's basically, it depends on the priority of uh, each in- individual. Every individual have different uh, priorities. So in regards to priorities, uh, when prioritizing, the number one is just simple in which, you know, the first priority should be the most time you should spend on. So if a person's priority is studying, then uh, yeah. students need to spend time more on studying. If their second priority is, you know, I know like myself making a podcast, then I should just, I should, you know, focus second on podcasting and focus really main, mainly on studying as well. And I also like the point that uh, Mel, you told us about social life. I, I think one of the things that I regret the most <laughs> in, in, in Sheffield in the UK is that I don't, I mean, I don't have a good social life um, because I, I just, I mean, it's more, it's more or less like I don't know how to. So I think putting putting social life as a priority also is something for me to learn because no, it's something that I should invest more time in. So that will be a part of my priority as well. So priority uh, equals uh, time management.
1: Yeah. I think that all of us have something to learn from this in the sense that like, um, so I feel, I personally feel that uh, my social life is adequate. I feel that I have enough fun in university. I do interact enough with my friends and all that. But I think that for me personally, I think that I, I've had, I currently have a very good um, um, whole on my studies, such as like my focus on my studies, but I think that I also sh- should learn more about taking part in extracurricular activities and trying to focus on other things, which is which is something I feel that I've achieved in my second year compared to my first year, because in my second year I did help organize a conference, I did take part in like the Sheffield Malaysian Games and all that, so and even participated in like a forum discussion with um, Club Mariah, So I think that um, that is something I can build on on what I what, on on what I've experienced in my second year. So I think that this can bring us to the conclusion right now that um, to conclude this podcast, I think that what we've discussed is that there's often a, a, a conflict between our studies and our extracurricular activities. But I think that we also need to ensure that we add another dimension to this, which is what we just brought up at the end of this podcast, which is that social life is also as important as those two. Because... We can have our studies and our extracurricular activities, but if we do not have an adequate social life, it could have very detrimental impacts on our, on our well-being or our happiness, if, um, especially when times are hard when you need a support system. So this leads us to another point which I think that this podcast really um, emphasizes, which is time management. But when we talk about time management, I think that the final question that I asked um, both, both of you which is that how do you want to invest your time? And I think that what we've got from the both of you is actually a very good response to this, which is that it is very difficult to give an advice on time management because everybody has different priorities. Everybody prioritizes different things. So I think that this leads us to the point of self-recognition. We need to recognize that what we want to prioritize for ourselves. And most importantly, we shouldn't let others, like others' pressure uh, determine what we prioritize, I think. I think that's most important because um, many people are, are influenced by those around us. Well, we should like take advice from those around us, but ultimately the decision should always lie with us. So I think that that's the conclusion that we have got from this podcast. Um, I'd like to thank you, Farhan, for joining Mel and I today.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's such a pleasure and such an amazing experience.
1: Right, thank you. So we hope to see you.
2: If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe and like and comment, please. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Thanks for that. You did
0: it for us. (laughs)